Good morning. As we begin, we'll relight our Advent candles with a reminder. You know, I thought about having all the kids come back up here, but I was terrified that if I got them moving, we wouldn't get them slowed, slowed back down. But we are reminded this morning of the hope, joy, love, and peace. <coughs> Excuse me. That comes with the birth of Christ. <coughs> oh, excuse me a minute. <coughs> it's going to be a long day. <coughs> I haven't coughed all morning, just so y'all know. Wow, somebody have a mint? Anybody? Just start throwing them up here. It'd be great. Candy canes, cough drops, whatever. Oh, the chewable kind? These are the best. <laughs> but you need like eight of these. Mercy sakes, y'all. All right, Scott, if you give me some ventilation up here, that might help wherever you are. All right. Wow. Merry Christmas. This just got really awkward. I'm terribly sorry. Okay. We're going to try this. Um, I do want to thank our musicians once again. Just a reminder. Uh, these are all volunteers up here today and, and really covering for us. I appreciate you all doing that so much. And thank you for being with us. I hope that you've had a good time. All right. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to look at the person beside you. It's going to buy me some time. This is going to be later in the sermon. We're going to do it right now. All right? I want, you to, I want you to take a minute and tell somebody the best thing that's happened to you already today, okay? Make it long. I need a second. All right. This one's broken. Y'all, this day, I went to grab a mint, and the part where this thing is crushed. Y'all see that? Put the offering plate. The count committee can deal with it later. What are you throwing? Is that a Werther's original? Oh, a Ricola. Wow. All right. Okay, I think we're good. I think we're good. Merry Christmas. We're going to be in Luke chapter 2 in just a second. Luke chapter 2, go ahead and turn there if you would. Um, we're not going to read the entire Christmas story. We did it last night. I know some of you would have already done it in your home this morning. <coughs> this is going to be terrible. I cannot believe this is happening. <coughs> Mercy. <coughs> Buster, would you come up here and read this text for me? Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 8, and we're just going to read through verse 21. <clears throat> you got your Bible. Good. <coughs> through what word, verse? Through what? 21. And in the same region 
there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring good tidings, good news of great joy, that you will be for all, pe all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there were with him the angel, a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them in heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made unknown to us. That they and they went and with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying and the babe lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they they made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child. And all who heard it it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. And then at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, his name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Let us pray. Thank you, Buster. Lord God, you are good to us. You've given us a wonderful gift at Christmas. I pray, Lord God, you'd be with me, get me through this message, help us to celebrate you in Christ's name. Amen. The Christmas Truce was a series of widespread, unofficial ceasefires along the Western Front of the First World War around Christmas 1914. The truce occurred five months after hostilities had begun. Lulls occurred in the fighting as armies ran out of men, munitions, and commanders reconsidered their strategies. In the weeks leading up to 25 December, up to Christmas Day, French, German, and British soldiers crossed trenches to exchange Seasonal greetings and to talk. I'm not sure if you've ever read about the Christmas truce. Some of them exchange small gifts, cigarettes, or small sweets, or <clears throat> small food items. But imagine hiding in a flooded trench when across no man's land, you as a British soldier may hear a German soldier sing, Stille Nacht, Heilige Nacht, alles schlaft, einsam wacht. You don't know what that means in German, but if we set it to music, you know exactly where we are because it's Stille Nacht, Heilige Nacht, Alles schlaft, Einsam wacht. And there in a flooded trench, you respond <clears throat> in English. Silent night. Holy night, all is calm, all is bright. And perhaps you hear them answer back in German. And maybe you answer back in English once again. And maybe just somebody who's had enough of waiting in putrid cold water Finally says, you know, if those guys will sing to us and we can sing to them, then maybe, just maybe, they won't shoot my head off if I stick my head above the trench. How would you have responded? Most of us don't know the cold 
fear of Christmas at war, but perhaps we know something of the unofficial ceasefires that come with Christmas. Maybe you've heard a Christmas carol and saw it as an opportunity to connect with an old friend or a stranger. Just yesterday, I stood in line at Walgreens, that place of great Christmas cheer that was putting out their Valentine's candy. Um, <laughs> y'all don't know how hard it was for me to not stage a loud protest as I saw the pink and red hearts come out. But I saw a friend and we exchanged Christmas pleasantries. I think that's the way you're supposed to say it among popular company. Um, but uh, we exchanged greetings to one another and there was somebody between us and this woman was absolutely getting in the way of our conversation. You ever been there? You're standing in the checkout line and you're talking to somebody who's like two people back and the person between you and them just feels like they need to interject themselves into the conversation. And I was like, man, what is happening here? But it turns out that that person was able... <clears throat> As a result of us celebrating Christmas together, you know what happened is that our Christmas pleasantries created an opportunity for this lady to engage in conversation with us. Matter of fact, it created a wonderful opportunity because after the fact, I was able to invite her to our church and um, talk with her about our church and speak with you guys. But all that came about as a result of me looking at a friend and saying, Merry Christmas. I'm glad to see you. Um, and, and those are the things that happen at Christmas. So often there's opportunities for us to experience something of our own little ceasefires, right? Um, maybe you sent that Merry Christmas greeting to a friend that you haven't seen in years or to a family member with whom you haven't spoken. You just sent that Merry Christmas greeting and just hoped and prayed that as you shot off that text message or mailed off that card that perhaps... That one message would strike a chord that might have the opportunity at a Christmas peace in your own family. This Christmas, we celebrate a boy in a manger who would grow up to be the Savior of the world. This morning, I want to know, what does Christmas do for you today? What does Christmas do for you today? There are three things that I hope we can all agree upon. Whether we are young or old, and this won't be super long. I see some of you already wrangling your babies, okay? I'm glad Thank you for bringing your children this morning. I know it's a little different. If you're a guest with us, our kids are usually in children's worship, age-graded stuff on Sunday mornings and nursery and all that other stuff. But for Christmas Day, everybody's just in here together, and we're just having a rip-roaring, loud, rambunctious good time. And that is a wonderful thing, and I don't want any of you to feel otherwise. I'm so thankful that you're here, and if you're afraid that somebody might stare at you, just li listen. This is how they're going to stare at you. They're going to stare at you like this. Hmm. So if they're above 60, they're like, oh, that is so cute and sweet. If they still have children at home, they're staring at you this way. I'm so glad that my children have outgrown that stage. So, um, but we're all in this together. What can you find at Christmas? First thing I want you to see, Jesus brings joy. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch by their flocks by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. It's not even like little joy or miniature joy. It's big, great, huge joy. It's all the joy. It's not almond joy. It's great joy. And this is the news that, that the angels bring. This is what Christ brings. Great exuberant joy. The kind of joy that oftentimes is difficult to capture in words. The kind of joy that just overflows and fills you up. The kind of joy that just runs out everywhere you turn. 
Jesus brings joy. Listen to me. And I want us to remember this, especially at Christmas, but I hope that you'll remember it somewhere around about January the 16th as well. A miserable Christian is a contradiction in terms. A miserable Christian is a contradiction in terms. Jesus came to bring great joy. And if you belong to Christ, you have been infused with great joy. You know what infused means? Any of y'all ever buy those little infusers? They scent thing that you set maybe in your home or in your office and it just sort of fills up the place. It infuses the space with a fragrance. I had to do that. Um, I've complained a few times about this. So maybe some of you haven't heard, but our Christmas devotional I wrote in like June and July. And if you've ever tried to get in the Christmas spirit when it's 98 degrees in Camden, it can be a challenge. And so my office, I've got one of those little wax warmers in my office. And in June and July, my, my office smelled like a Christmas tree. Uh, just doing everything I could to try and wrap my brain around the Christmas season in the middle of, of what is absolutely not the Christmas season. Um, but that's the infusion of the air that you get with those. That's the same kind of idea that should fill our lives with Christ. That he infuses every aspect of our life. That he just runs through us. Y'all, why in the world will we not be joyful? Jesus Christ came to give us everlasting life. To forgive us for our sin and to steal away from us what? Fear and pain and shame. That's what he takes. And in its place, he gives us joy and peace. Good tidings. He gives us love. I want you to know this morning that at Christmas, Christmas brings you Christ. And Jesus brings you joy. Don't miss the joy. It can be difficult. There are so many things that would seek to rob us of our joy this morning. Some of you have already struggled because under the tree it wasn't exactly what you wanted. And you're wondering, well, don't they know me well enough know what I actually wanted? Yes, they know you well enough. And nobody bought you the gift to do, try and do something wrong to you. Or maybe there just wasn't enough to get you the gifts this, week, this year. But I want you to know that you are still loved and cherished. And Christ still loves you right where you are. Find joy in the Christ who came to deliver you from your sin and give you eternal life. There's joy there. The second thing this morning we see is that Jesus brings community. Now, you say, Craig, where do you see this from Luke chapter 2? Well, what do we have in Luke chapter, chapter 2 but the coming together of all sorts of different people? We've got the angels, heavenly beings, coming already, having been to Mary, right? We've got the angels, these heavenly beings, coming to the shepherds. We've got Jesus and Mary, Jesus and Mary, Joseph and Mary, who have already interacted with an innkeeper. So we've got an innkeeper, we've got Joseph and Mary, we've got angels, we've got shepherds. We know uh, that the wise men are going to show up a little bit later, right? In case you forgot that, or maybe you weren't aware the wise men weren't there that night. They got there a couple years after the fact. We read, that, we read about that in Matthew. What we have is, is Jesus bringing people together. Jesus creating community. That's a big part of what a church is. It's a community. A place where people can find family. They can find joy among one another and with one another. Watch. Jesus breaks down cultural barriers and creates new family bonds. That's pretty amazing. Shepherds just felt like they could just show up and celebrate this brand new baby. I don't know how many of you moms looked out of your, um, your hospital bed shortly after giving birth to your child and was like, oh, look, these dirty strangers are showing up here to hang out, and you're, this is a really good thing. 
I'm a pastor. One of my favorite things, COVID robbed me of so much of this, and, and, and I still can't hardly get to do it. One of my favorite things as a pastor is to go and, and see new babies in the hospital. Like to go and to pray with new parents and pray over these new babies. Um, and I just, I just love it. But one of the things I've learned is I do not show up on the day that the baby is born. I did that once. This dad called. I was like, hey, uh, my wife's in labor. I'd love for you to come to the hospital. And I got up there and realized how awkward this was. Like I, I'm up there while she's in labor. And I, I, just, I just dismissed myself. I said, I think you guys are good. I'm, I'm going to go on and get something to eat. I'll see you all later. Right? Listen, but Jesus breaks down so many of these barriers. There's this opportunity. These angels bring these people together. You got a baby and you got new parents and you got shepherds and angels and innkeepers and they're all together in community. Why? Because of Jesus. Jesus is like the sun that draws all these planets into his orbit. And they're rotating around him. And that's the community that we have in Christ. That's the community the church brings. Listen, this is what's so wonderful about a church. You all are gathered here today. If we took time, about half of us have absolutely nothing in common except Jesus and this church. And that's not a bad thing. There's nothing wrong with that. Some of y'all pull for a different sports team. Many of y'all have different hobbies. Perhaps you come from a different kind of place, different socioeconomic background. There could be a hundred different things about us that are different. But the thing about us that is the same is that we are related in Jesus Christ. It's like a weekly get-together with an extended family. You get together across the table with your extended family. The only thing you share in common is maybe you had the same grandparents or great-grandparents. Folks, the only thing we share in common is Jesus has saved us, and that's enough. We might vote differently. We might think differently. But we still share Christ. And he's the fulcrum upon which this community turns. Jesus creates community. And third, this morning, Jesus brings salvation. Buster, the last verse that he read to us this morning is verse 21. It says, the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus. Excuse me, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Jesus, when Joseph, I mentioned this yesterday, if you were here for the Christmas Eve service. When the angel came to Joseph, he said to Joseph, you will call his name Jesus because he will save his people from their sin. He will, not he might, not if everything works out, not if the stars line up just right. No, no, no. He will save his people from their sin. Joseph, don't leave her. Joseph, this thing is from the Lord. And Joseph, when this child arrives, this is the name that you are to give him. Folks, he came to save people from their sin. We can talk about all the other things that Jesus accomplished in his birth Life, death, and resurrection. But don't miss this. He came to save people from their sin. You say, is that a big part of what Jesus was? Well, that's literally what his name means. Right? He's sitting around, hanging out with his friends. They're like, hey, Jesus, uh, you interested in saving people from their sin? Because that's what my name is, you know? Kind of got this figured out. My middle name is save people from their sin. Yes, I'm interested. In this is who I am. This is what I do. This is who Jesus is. Folks, when we gather at Christmas, please don't miss this. He came to bring about peace on earth, but the peace that he will bring comes about as a result of Christ making peace between God and man. It's not a false peace. It's not an oversimplified peace. It's not a forced peace. It's a peace that comes when sins are atoned for and humanity is brought to peace first with God and then with one another. 
When I speak with people about sin, I say this to them. I say, sin separates us from God and the people that we love. When Christ comes to bring peace, the peace that he comes to bring is first a peace between God and man, and then a peace between man and man. This is the opportunity that we have. So when the angels announce, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is, he is pleased. Where does the peace come from? It comes from Jesus Christ interceding before the Father. It comes because Jesus died to save people from their sin and because he rose from the grave. And today he sits at the right hand of the Father. You say, Craig, what else does he do? He does everything. He exists to bring glory to the Father and to bring glory to all of God's purposes and intentions. But God is most glorified in the salvation of sinners. He is Jesus Christ. And he has come to save his people from their sin. I really want to preach to y'all for about 45 minutes this morning. But can I tell you this? If I preach for another 45 minutes, I can't make it any more clear than that. Jesus brings joy because... He makes peace between God and man. Jesus brings community because he brings together those who have, been made, who have had peace made between them and God. And he brings salvation. We turn around and run backwards because Jesus saves you. He brings you into community with other people and he gives you joy as a result of that salvation. It doesn't matter if you work it forwards or backwards. The reality of this is always going to be the same. Christmas is all about Jesus. But Christmas doesn't matter unless Jesus actually died and rose again from the grave. See, Christmas is all about Jesus, but it's also all about Easter. And Easter always points us back to Christmas. So in conclusion, are you celebrating Christmas today? Nah, I don't mean, do you have a tree? Or did you wear a good Christmas tie today? That's awesome if you did. I mean, are you actually celebrating Christmas the birth of not just a man, the birth of your Savior. See, that's the Christmas I want to make sure that you celebrate this morning. The birth of Jesus Christ, not only as the Savior of the world, but as the Savior of your life. Jesus Christ, who came and lived and died so that you might live forever with Him. Today we got to celebrate baptism. We do that a good bit around here, which is a real joy. And it's really fitting that if we're going to gather on Christmas Day, that we would have an opportunity to baptize on Christmas Day because it's a reminder to us that Jesus was born so that we might be born again and live forevermore. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, before you leave today, please grab me. I would love to share with you how it is that you can have your very first Christmas as a follower of Jesus today. He came to set you free from your sins. He came to give you joy. He came to give you community. He came to give you life forevermore. Join with me as we pray. Lord God, thank you for loving us today. We thank you for the birth, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, that Jesus is enough. And as we've come to celebrate Christmas, 
We thank you, Lord God. We thank you for this church family and for the gift that we've been given. Father, as we sing, move among us. Be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen.